Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Your Story, Your Glory. Today, we have a chartered accountant on our show. Yes, again. Deepak Manan, a CA, a distinguished Toastmaster, a father of two lovely girls, a social service enthusiast, and a lot more, which we are going to talk about. Professionally, Deepak heads the direct tax division of J.P. Kapoor and Oberoi uh, in New Delhi, India. He handles all the international taxation issues. He has been a Toastmaster since 2002. He is the first and only Indian to serve as international president of Toastmasters International in 2019-2020. Let's welcome on our show, Deepak Menon. Welcome, Deepak, to our show, Your Story, Your Glory. Welcome, sir. We are looking forward to having this conversation with you. Thank you. Pleasure to be here with all of you. Or rather, with both of you. <laughs> I know. Equally excited I am. While I have lots of questions to ask, as always, I'll start with one which is very close to how we connected. Now, every Toastmaster who walks into a meeting as a guest looks up to an inspiration. You have been the one for almost everyone in the world of Toastmasters in India, for sure. How was your story when you walked into a club and you joined it? I remember walking into a meeting of uh, the Toastmasters Club of New Delhi. It was uh, July of 2002. And my intention was not to become a member of the club. My intention was to attend the meeting and then say, sorry, I'm not interested. I didn't like the meeting. <laughs> but uh, that meeting, in a sense, inspired me. In a sense, it gave me a direction. It showed me what I was lacking. It told me that uh, I was nervous about speaking before an audience, that I didn't have the confidence to speak before an audience. And therefore, I did need to join Toastmasters. Because what I had seen was that there were so many people who were coming up onto the stage and speaking extremely confidently, or at least it appeared to me that they were speaking very confident confidently. They may well have been nervous too, but they didn't disclose it from their demeanor, from their body language, from the way they spoke. So I was quite impressed by everybody who came up on the stage. So there was not a one particular person that I could identify and say, hey, this was the person that I was really inspired by in that one meeting. But it was the entire meeting as such. And then my experience when I was called upon to speak on stage and understanding that fear, which I'd never ever felt before. So that was what happened to me in that first meeting that I attended. Awesome, sir. Uh, I remember when I was uh, part of uh, Dwarka Toastmasters Club, and the day was, I still remember, July 18, 2010. M most of the members in district got a mail from you that our district, which was then District 82, comprised of India and Sri Lanka, became number one, third time in the row. Mm -hmm. 75 new clubs, 5,000, I think 400 members, 109 distinguished clubs. Means it was a long mail with a lot of information from you. I still 
uh, preserved that mail and I know that how I was as a member inspired by re uh, reading that mail. People have called you a leading light for Toastmasters in India. We both would like to know what was that secret recipe of win three years in row making district number one. The secret recipe. The fact is that uh, we learn from failure. The first year as a district, which was 2006-2007, we failed dismally. We were not distinguished that year. And we missed being distinguished by four advanced communicators. That was it. If we had had the, those four advanced communicators, we'd have ended up as a select distinguished district. Perhaps even presidents distinguished. Because at that point in time, the, there was a scoring system which was there in place for identifying the distinguished districts. So presidents distinguished, select, and distinguished. There were minimum criteria that had been prescribed. And the first six districts in terms of scores were presidents distinguished, the next six select, and then the rest who met the minimum criteria was, were distinguished. And if you had looked at the score sheet, we were number eight in the world at that time. But because we did not meet the minimum criteria, which is to have a certain number of advanced communicators, the requirement was number of CCs, number of ACs, membership payment growth, or number of membership payments, and new club growth, or net club growth. So those were the four criteria. And then there were some minimum, other minimum requirements. So we were able to do very well in all of the other categories, except advanced communicators. Now remember, we were a brand new district. And so there weren't very many senior experienced members. So not very many people in queue to become advanced communicators. But for the year, we had needed only 43 people to have become advanced communicators, or 43 ACs were required. And we fell short by four. During the year, we produced 39. Had we thought about it in advance, had we known that this was what was going to be a criteria, and had we worked yeah. towards achieving that goal, we'd have done it months ahead. But we just did not pay attention to it. And so that was the main consideration, that we had to be prepared right at the beginning of the year, understanding what we wanted to achieve for the year, and how are we going to be getting there. So we started planning well ahead of time and we did not lay out a plan for just one year. We laid out a success plan for the next three, five years. Awesome. And that's how we worked. So the, the first year, 2006-7, I'd been a division governor. The following year, I was uh, one of the district trio. So I was uh, the club growth director. At that time, okay. it was lieutenant governor uh, marketing. And uh, so um, I still remember we got together in Bangalore. So Balraj was the Lieutenant Governor Education and Training Program Quality Director and Venkat was the District Director or District Governor. So the three of us, we met at uh, Venkat's home in, ba in Bangalore and we had a marathon session trying to figure out what went wrong, what is it that we needed to do and how do we ensure that we do not repeat failure again and that we would always aim to be number one in the world. So that was really the starting point and that's how we ensured that we remained ahead of the game. Awesome, sir. This is a, a really a three years in row strategy in place 
and then you are implementing the strategy every year and making that happen you know that has created a foundation for whole of india and sri lanka and today we know that where we are uh, just a related question and uh, uh, wanted to know that 75 clubs has any district till today has touched that feat in a year well not to the best of my knowledge not uh, wow which has built 75 new clubs in one single program year so here is a huge learning i think we are getting from you is a pre planning strategy all the trio and team coming together and making it happen absolutely absolutely there is no shortcut to planning and there is no shortcut to hard work i remember you mentioning about 43 area directors working together hard on this journey mm-hmm. i don't remember the number <laughs> I, have, i have lost count that email that you were talking about i have no recollection that i wrote that email <laughs> if you want i can send it back to you <laughs> yeah but that's true that the records are still not broken across the globe and that's something really amazing that those three years were very crucial in terms of growth of toastmasters in india and sri lanka mm-hmm. many people would not remember the number many people would not even recognize it that what was the pace what was the kind of hard work that the trio member uh, put into it but everybody remember that during that glorious phase toastmasters was the thing and it was actually what becoming widespread in india right deepak because i remember you telling us lots of stories of those days when it was growing mm-hmm. i remember resonance in bangalore and you know totally got wowed with that whole environment you know first time in 2008 i think so that was an experience in itself i can yes. imagine i can imagine how you must have been all overawed by what you saw absolutely and, uh, we we tried to create uh, um, an ambiance for members to come together to celebrate together uh, i still remember that in 2011 in, in fact 2010 when we had received the approval from the board of directors that uh, we would be able to split into two districts Mm-hmm. and i sent out uh, a message to all the members about this uh, impending split uh, the emotional outburst that came about because uh, till then till 2010 we had been together india sri lanka yeah. and uh, we had been like one set of people and we worked very hard to make sure that geographic boundaries were not taken into consideration we were toastmasters first and citizens of our country second so that was the way that we built uh, the connections and built the bridge between each other but uh, when that uh, event occurred when we knew that we were going to split uh, it was uh, for some heartbreaking and they felt you know we're going to be separated and how is this going to happen people were opposing being separated Uh, the question that coming to my mind is very very important when you talk about emotional outburst and i have experienced that even when you are splitting a club in delhi and uh, uh, how important is because i have seen even in many district now i'm sitting in here in new jersey today and i have gone to many clubs where clubs numbers are growing but people are not ready to split the clubs and i have not even heard splitting club in 
this part of the world in india we worked very hard and we saw that emotional outburst how important when a number reaches a particular thing to split the club you split districts yes indeed uh, so that moment that you're talking about the splitting of the toastmasters club of new delhi and i remember how hard it had been uh, honestly while we sp split the first time in 2013 i had been talking about splitting since 2007 because you see what was happening in that club was that we would grow we had new members we had lots of new members and we would get to a strength of uh, 70 members sometimes 75 members and then come renewal time 25 members would not renew 30 people would not renew we go down to a strength of 40 and then again start building up again grow to about 70 75 and the cycle was continuing and the realization that i had was that the reason why people are leaving is because they find that they're not gaining anything from those masters obviously when a club has 70 or 75 members uh, you can't accommodate everybody in the meeting you can't even have them speak um, forget about every meeting but not even in probably two or three meetings consecutively and so there were so many members who would come to the club meeting and would not get an opportunity to even open their mouth yes so how would they benefit from toastmasters and then the executive committee was overworked they were exhausted so many members to take care of so really it was those who were more assertive more aggressive amongst the members who got all the slots got all the speaking slots and those who really needed toastmasters who were diffident nervous reticent they took a back seat Absolutely. and quietly left the club mm -hmm. so it was very clear that it, unless we split the club we would continue to lose members and uh, that then finally i think dawned on the entire membership that uh, of the club that in 2013 they finally agreed that the club could split even yeah. then it was very tentative they said okay we are uh, when we achieve a strength of 60 members 20 members will be allowed to leave the club and form the new club and so as you remember central delhi toastmasters was formed you were one of the charter members along with me and uh, as you may have uh, as you may recall by december so the split happened in june of 2013 mm. by december 2013 central delhi toastmasters had grown from 20 to 40 members yeah and in march of 20 uh, uh, march of 2014 central delhi toastmasters had split yeah the first time we became Delhi one Toastmasters and Central Delhi Toastmasters. Yeah. Central Delhi Toastmasters split a second time again a couple of uh, I think six or seven months later. Pro pro orators. Pro orators. Yeah. And then we formed Delhi Toastmasters yeah. as well. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Toastmasters Club of New Delhi, because now splitting was no longer considered a stigma, they split two more times. So seven or eight new clubs were formed from so that one. Exactly. So many leaders. Yep. not not just so many leaders so many more opportunities Absolutely. that came about uh, otherwise this club would have continued with that cycle yeah. going down to 40 members growing back to 70 and ad infinitum and i think that's a lesson for all clubs which have a very large membership that if they don't do anything about it they're going to lose members you may end up having just paper members and really they wouldn't be gaining anything at all out of uh, their membership
Thank you so much, sir. This is an excellent best practice that we can share through our podcast to all the Toastmasters members across the world. Deepak, you are the first and only international president for Toastmasters International from India. You became international president in 2019. Your tenure was 2019-2020. The most challenging year ever for the world so far. The year of COVID-19 pandemic, the entire world under a lockdown, and Toastmaster members who derive their energy from meeting each other. Like personally, if I have to phrase it for myself, they could feel that, oh my God, how would I see my people? How would I go to Toastmasters club? I... I already started missing it the moment I came to know that there is a situation wherein we would not go out of our houses. Now, for members, it is a different scenario. But leading a global organization, Toastmasters International, I'm very sure you would have a... It was an unprecedented time in the leadership tenure also. I, and I know you always see that we learn from failures. But this was a time, this was a phase that we never had seen in past. How did you sail through this patch? How was your leadership journey evolving during that phase when all this happened? These were very interesting times, I must say. As uh, our CEO would always say, um, we were living through interesting times. And it's okay. when, <laughs> when challenges occur, that's when, that's truly the test of uh, a leader, an effective leader. We could have just given up, packed our bags and gone home, but that was not an option. At the same time, we had been an organization for the last uh, over 90 years at that time, which had been, which our, our USP was meeting in person, getting together in a room and uh, interacting with each other and learning from each other growing together, supporting each other, providing an environment in which everybody could learn, grow, and work together. And when the pandemic struck, and when the news started spreading about uh, how it was moving from person to person, and the lockdowns that were there uh, started with China, and then it spread to Europe, and then came to parts of the United States, and I was in Denver at that time. We were having our board of directors meeting at that time in March of 2019, or March of 2020, when um, we had to take uh, some very um, difficult decisions, I would say. So first of all, uh, the main consideration was the safety and well-being of our members. We had to ensure that uh, they were not going to be subject to any kind of risk by coming to a Toastmasters club meeting. And many parts of the world, uh, there were um, statutory requirements of uh, not coming together, of people having to wear masks, not stepping out of homes, curfew had been in, imposed in many parts of the world. So our first guideline to our members was, and this was an exception that we had to grant because our governing documents did not allow that so far. So the exception we had to allow our members was to start meeting online. And uh, we said that uh, you need to ensure that you follow the health guidelines which have been prescribed by the jurisdiction that you live in. 
and uh, ensure that you remain protected, you remain safe. And if you want to, you are free to meet online. Within three months, and we were amazed at the speed at which it happened. Within three months, 80%, 85% of our clubs across the world started meeting online. It was, uh, as you very rightly said, an unprecedented time, but members really came together and made sure that they continued to meet, they continued to remain engaged through this forum. Another vital lesson we learned was that despite the storm that was brewing all around us, it was best to stay calm. Calm and composed and not get agitated because there were decisions to be taken and decisions could only be taken if we were not agitated and we were taking those decisions in a calm manner. Absolutely. So that was um, one of the biggest learnings that I got at that time leading uh, Toastmasters International. And we really worked together as, as a team, world headquarters and the board of directors. The board really truly came very, became very close. We were really like family. We would spend hours together because of the decisions that we had to take and we had to take very quick decisions. Uh, we became known as a very agile board, very nimble. Um, otherwise we used to take you know, months to come to decisions. But here we did not have the benefit of time we had to take very quick decisions and we had to implement them very quickly. So we, we had to uh, become extremely nimble. So and lots of things that we learned that year. That's very powerful that challenges and unprecedented timely like these actually bring in more agility, right? I'm taking away this because uh, when you said that we take a lot of time in taking decisions and it's not the leadership at an organization, but it's the leadership at your self and at your life also. Sometimes we take it lot and then we need to be more agile. I think that's a beautiful part of it. Deepak, you want to add something? I was just saying that that has resulted into an excellent first virtual convention. Uh, yes. this yes. time. And uh, we all, it was as if we are watching from our home, but you are a part of the convention. Yeah. And speakers also innovated like anything. Means, uh, I think all the speakers have also learned new skills while delivering speeches on Zoom. So it is, uh, it is a lot of learning for everyone, no doubt about it. The online convention, again, it took us hours and hours of planning, days and days, hours and hours of planning. And we had more than 60,000 people attend the yeah. convention. Yeah. That was the first time that we had, we've ever had so many people attend uh, the convention or register for the convention. I was about to add this only that when I was attending the convention and the number was like 60,000, I actually searched on Google to look at has any event ever in the world has these many people coming together, looking at a screen and feeling connected by the speeches, by the session. And no doubt you can say n number of things about the best thing that happened in uh, the pandemic in the world of Toastmasters. To me personally, sitting in this room, in this corner, I could connect to people in Canada, Europe, Nepal, Sri Lanka, and any other city. I definitely, I can't travel for all those Toastmasters meetings, but I think COVID made it so easy. The networking that we call in Toastmasters became so easy. and I think it was a blessing. Truly, it was a blessing. Absolutely. Yeah. A blessing in disguise, as they say. Yes, uh, that's true. With so many 
hundreds and thousands of people everywhere in the world if this had not happened so in a sense yeah. truly it was a blessing we've yeah. become a uh, an organization which has come closer much much closer and we bonded together so well because of uh, the fact that we've been able to now interact with each other through this forum so yeah. we've we've become much more free in a sense people who have never attended a convention they were able to experience the convention you know yeah. absolutely yes. it's going to be the first hybrid convention where people will be um, able to join live in person live. as well as online yes i think we are evolving every day mm-hmm. yes and thank you deepak so yeah. much for leading those tough times in such powerful but calm and composed manner i think we have this gratitude for you and, and would I'm always blessed. have it bless that you have yes that we are part of this journey with you uh, during those times you know and you were the i was not alone i was not alone there were hundreds of people thousands of people all the members of toastmasters who got together and uh, we worked together we were we really were working as a team and our region advisors they played a very vital role in this yeah. entire time where they were the ones who were directly talking to the district leaders allaying their fears helping them understand the challenges helping them through those challenges mm. so the region advisors played an extremely vital role as well in this time awesome when we talked about evolving evolution uh, you attended your first meeting in 2002 and today is 2022 uh what in your opinion has changed or evolved in today's meeting from that time what do you feel <laughs> i think the meeting remains the same okay there is there is little change because the agenda remains the same we have prepared speeches table topics and evaluations that was what was there in 2002 as well except that um, in india in 2002 we didn't have very many toastmasters clubs and we didn't follow policies procedures methodology very professionally because we didn't know really what we needed to do mm-hmm. so that also evolved over a period of time we started adopting the best practices that we got to know about and we started spreading those best practices so the clubs in delhi initially used to copy what whatever toastmasters club of new delhi was doing everybody else would do that now with hundreds of clubs even in the ncr i think there is now so much more autonomy people are doing things differently there's so much more creativity people are learning differently i'm a member of two clubs um, central delhi toastmasters and jpku toastmasters both the clubs are very different they conduct their meetings differently they do some things differently but that's great and really what makes clubs different is the people the people who carry forward the legacy who make the tweaks in whatever we are doing making sure that we continue to evolve and grow uh, one of the things that um, we used to do in toastmasters club of new delhi was this uh, a few moments in prayer we would pray for world leaders hmm. yeah i don't know whether toastmasters club of new delhi is continuing to do it or not but central delhi toastmasters is continuing to do yeah. we took took it in legacy from the toastmasters club of new delhi and today even 9 years after the club has been chartered that is something that is consistently being followed yes wow 
this is what happens when the uh, new generation comes and a lot of creativity also comes and we also see a lot of new things happening in all the districts and with time and especially when now with new generation and a lot of young people coming into toastmasters i think energy level are also coming very high deepak with your kind of passion and dedication for toastmasters we certainly believe that you have invested a lot of time and energy in the journey i would love to know how did you manage the three worlds the professional the family and the toastmaster i think the secret here is to make sure that uh, when you're doing one thing you're doing only one thing mm-hmm. i don't multitask so if i'm at toastmasters i'm fully at toastmasters when i'm at work i'm fully at work when i'm home i'm fully at home um of course uh, with the pandemic with the uh, uh, lockdowns things changed a little bit because when you were home you were also at toastmasters you were also at work you were doing so many things all at the same time yeah. so things became a little different but i think the best way to handle uh, multiple responsibilities is to make sure that you give specific time allocate specific time during the day to those specific responsibilities and lot let not other things interfere at the time that you are going to be doing that one thing and tell people about it tell people that this is the time that i'm going to be at work this is the time i'm going to be doing toastmasters this is my family time and when you give that to people people will respect you and they will not uh, bother you unless it's an ex- extreme emergency um during the time that you are let's say not doing toastmasters so for instance um i used to every evening go for a walk i used to leave office go to the rose garden next door to my office and yeah. would take a walk there and my timing was fixed generally and people knew that i would be out for my walk and i would receive no calls at all at that time everybody respected the fact that i wanted to take my walk at that time and and they left me to myself uh, it, that was my my time that was my own time so uh, it's best that you have these time these buckets of time available to you and let people know about who uh, who matter as to where, when you can be available for them awesome a good learning for all of us that whenever you are doing something be fully present there and always update other people so that they respect your space in that particular area mm-hmm. cool let's move to little bit of fun mm-hmm. deepak i met you in 2011 on the dance floor it mm-hmm. was resonance 2011 in pune and i think it was the first district conference of the newly formed district 41 right mm-hmm. i was a new member then we became friends that very evening later i came to know that both your daughters are really passionate about dancing do you still give that time to dance do you have it as a hobby or do you have any other hobby that you would like to share i know i want to know the fun elements of your life okay so i don't do any dancing at all <laughs> i am going to one of these conferences so we had we had uh, resonance uh, 2022 Okay. Um, in may no sorry in june june 
so a few two weeks ago two weeks ago yes yeah two 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 saturday sundays ago yeah two weekends ago and um, they had a fun night on saturday night and uh, the dance floor was open and i was dancing on the floor <laughs> so that's when i end up dancing otherwise i don't dance at all yeah i saw you dancing uh, at the international convention with your wife oh yes yeah. <laughs> that that is a tradition at the convention when the president is inaugurated the president is supposed to lead the dance okay and so it's it's a tradition that all presidents must abide by uh, richard escaped it because uh, <laughs> this year we had a virtual convention Yeah. Margaret didn't have to do it either, but um, I guess 2022 we're going to have Matt Kinsey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, talking about your daughters, uh, we would like to know what is your biggest lesson in parenting. Uh, what I've learned is that as far as parenting is concerned, let your children follow their passion. you can give them some guidance but don't uh, force them to take a path that they don't want to go to or towards and give them the independence give them the support give them the freedom to follow their own passion to follow their own dreams and uh, they will be successful they will live a life of happiness and glory that's the biggest lesson that i have learned Okay. uh for our guest deepak would you like to uh, share a little bit more about your family and about your daughters okay so my wife um, is a principal of a school in delhi um my daughters uh, my elder one is uh, a physicist is a scientist uh, she uh, is currently in boston where she has been since 2012 she did a phd there and is currently working as an associate director in a pharma company is a in a research company um which is into biosciences uh, my daughter had done her uh, thesis in biophysics and so she continues to be engaged in that field she of course is very passionate about dancing about fine arts theater uh, so she continues to indulge in uh, that passion as well uh, along with the work that she does which of course is also something that she is very passionate about my other daughter my younger daughter is a mathematician by education um, but uh, she also is a dancer she decided to pursue dancing full time and so she did an advanced diploma two year diploma in dance and she's a choreographer she's a dancer she's a, a improv artist she's um, a movement therapist wow she is uh, also uh, a yoga instructor she is extremely proficient in uh, spanish she speaks spanish like a native currently she is in spain um, where she was teaching english in a school uh, on a fellowship from the spanish government and she's been there for 2 years she will be returning now back to india where she will be continuing all the other stuff that she has continues to do. Awesome! Wow! Even Deepak Sharma even did a testimony that what just Deepak mentioned in the beginning right now that you let them follow their passion. Absolutely. And that's how they grow and evolve. I think very beautiful, very beautiful. 
Deepak, apart from family, Toastmasters and your professional uh, arena, how does contributing to the community, giving back to the community, any of the social services or volunteering activities that you're involved with play a role in your life? In most people's lives, their school plays a very vital role. The school that they started off with, because it lays the foundation of who they finally become. Those early formative years make a lot of difference. What you experience at home, what you experience in school, the kind of values that you are uh, given and which you imbibe, they set the foundation for who you become. And uh, I lay a lot of emphasis on what I've learned from my school, um, my values that I have gained are all thanks to my school, my alma mater, which uh, was St. Columbus in Delhi. And so I've been um, spending a lot of time and effort, energy on helping uh, the alumni of the school, helping the school itself. Uh, I've been a part of the Columban Endowment Trust that uh, the, my, my batchmates from my year, we decided to form. We, collected uh, a lot of funds from our uh, batchmates. And uh, we've been working with the school to improve the uh, academic um, arena, the um, other infrastructure of the school, making sure that uh, we remain very high in terms of our academic, academic standards. We are able to provide the best quality education to the students. We are able to provide a good environment to our teachers. So um, that's something that I've been constantly been working on. And that's the only public service per se that I've been involved in, in some sense. Yes, Deepak, we have so much to learn from your story and building bridges across the nations. What is the next chapter of your life? <laughs> well, I, once a Toastmaster, always a Toastmaster. I'm a Toastmaster. <laughs> That is going to continue. And uh, past international presidents aren't let go by <laughs> the board or by uh, the world headquarters. And we continue to receive assignments. I have multiple assignments oh. in hand right now from uh, Toastmasters International. I'm on uh, three different committees currently. Uh, I have uh, multiple responsibilities that I continue to have, even though I'm not on the board of directors. Uh, at the same time, I'm, uh, I've become very much more frequent at uh, attending my own home club meetings. Wow. I've taken on uh, many mentees uh, right now. And so um, very active in terms of mentoring, both at my clubs and beyond my clubs. And so I have mentees uh, around the globe. So that's another thing that's uh, occupying me in Toastmasters. So uh, Toastmasters keeps me busy. <laughs> even though I'm not a part of the board of directors, even though I'm still, I'm now just a P.O.T., uh, a plain ordinary Toastmaster. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I, I heard this term for the first time, you know, plain ordinary Toastmaster, P.O.T., <laughs> wow. I believe you would never, ever, never, ever be, be the P.O.T. You would always be an inspiration to Toastmasters International. You would always be an inspiration to Toastmasters in India and to us, to us always. So yeah. P.O.T. doesn't suit you, Deepak. Drop it. <laughs> when I say, when Hani says inspiration, uh, you have been inspiration on stage and off stage always, you know. Off stage. So uh, that we have always seen 
for all those who are listening beyond toastmasters you would learn from deepak how to balance these three things so powerfully you have deepak menon story with us and you can actually uh, learn that how a story can be a glorious story how toastmasters can be a glorious chapter of your life i think that's the biggest learning from your story deepak if you have to define who you are in one word starting with d what would that be <laughs> there's so many adjectives that i can use for myself <laughs> oh wow so you can choose three okay i'd say dedicated yeah. i'd say delightful and i would say i think i'd rather not say <laughs> <laughs> please say it no i think just these two are more than enough <laughs> okay so dedicated and delightful deepak uh if you have to phrase your life and not just for toastmasters for all those years till now from your childhood till date how would you define it in three sentences it's important that uh, when we are living our life we determine what is the purpose of our life i believe that um, the purpose of life is to live a life of purpose wow and to discover the that purpose is so important so i was living a life but i did not think i had a purpose it was um, as a professional as a chartered accountant i was doing whatever i was supposed to do and i was doing it diligently and with dedication but it's only when i came to toastmasters and i spent a few years in toastmasters that i felt i truly discovered my purpose the purpose of spreading toastmasters worldwide making sure that more and more people get the benefit of toastmasters so that they could change their lives because toastmasters changes lives wow the so toastmaster can change our life and that we need to believe in thank you so much deepak thank you so much i uh, hope to see you very soon in person because now that lockdown has been lifted and things are good we'll definitely see you and i think it was really wonderful talking to you thank about you. your journey about toastmasters about dancing and about parenting cool thank you so much and thank you so much deepak for giving us your time on uh, our podcast your story your glory i'm sure your story which has brought you so much glory will inspire many toastmasters many clubs many districts around the world and they will learn from this podcast and implement many new things in their uh, clubs and then in their districts thank you <laughs>